Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Atlanta, where the 8th Annual Hope Global Forum has ended. Folks, uh, we will hear from John Hope Bryan, the founder of Operation Hope, about this week, how things went. Also, for the next uh, few days, voting rights activists will be trekking 70 miles from West Virginia to Washington, D.C. to urge lawmakers to pass federal voting rights legislation. Also, also, this Sunday in West Virginia, they're going to be, uh, of course, uh, rallying to tell Sarah Joe Manchin to have you to step up and do something. Attorney A. Scott Bolden, the attorney for Baltimore State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby, uh, held a news conference today with various other lawyers and activists. He says the criminal tax division of the U.S. Department of Justice is pursuing perjury charges against her for her signature on documents. But he said the investigators proof to tell him anything more. He'll join us to tell us exactly what's happening there in Baltimore. The NFL agrees to end race norming. The former NFL will tell us about the $1 billion settlement. High-profile death row inmate Julius Jones has asked an Oklahoma City federal judge stay of his position as his clemency hearing is set to take place next week. 
We'll talk with Tiffany Lofton, who has been in Oklahoma, uh, raising awareness on this issue. Representatives of different faith communities, civil rights activists, and others gathered for the 10th education anniversary of the King Jr. Memorial. Of course, on the National Mall, we'll show you President Joe Biden spoke, Vice President Kamala Harris, and also Alpha Phi Alpha held a luncheon there as well. Plus, uh, Kasim Reed wants to return as the mayor of Atlanta. Why is the Atlanta NAACP opposing him? We'll hear from him on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Plus, this may be the craziest as white person segment ever. A California teacher uses an offensive dance to teach a math concept. She dressed as a Native American. When do y'all see for yourself? It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. All right, folks, so we are here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where for the last three days, the eighth annual Hope Global Forum has taken place. And so uh, we certainly appreciate uh, being here. Uh, lots of things that have been going on. Uh, but let's go. Let's talk about what's happening there uh, in the DMV. In March, federal prosecutors launched a criminal probe into the finances and campaign finances of Baltimore's top prosecutor, Marilyn Mosby, and her husband, Nick, who is the president of the Baltimore City Council. Now, today in Baltimore, uh, there was a news conference uh, with her attorney, A. Scott Bolden, as well as Ben Crump and others, uh, to show support for her. Now, uh, Bolden uh, is joining us right now on Rolling Martin Unfiltered. You see him typically on our panel. Uh, so he's on the other side right now. Scott, glad to have you here. So uh, you contend that Marilyn Mosby has been unfairly targeted. Well, we always have contended that. And so Ben Crump, myself, uh, Jay Wendell Gordon, uh, Pastor Yeri, and Pastor Jamel Bryant, as well as the state and city NACP presidents, joined us not only to support Marilyn Mosby, but to look at and ask the Department of Justice to look into the cases of Kim Fox, as well as Kim Gordon, other black female prosecutors that have been harassed uh, and, and uh, offended and, and really just uh, targeted by animus by the state bar associations in uh, Missouri and in Illinois and with Marilyn Mosby uh, here in Maryland. This whole criminal probe of her began, and the prosecutors have told us this, because she wouldn't give the backup documents to her tax returns uh, with the state bar association, which she wasn't required to do. We've alleged personal and political as well as racial animus, because it makes absolutely no sense for them to conduct a civil audit of her taxes and her husband's taxes through a federal grand jury. Uh, it, it is just uncalled for, but it's, it's unbelievable. It's, so, it's such a rare piece that a prosecutor is pulled before the state bar, let alone a federal grand jury, when not only have they done nothing wrong, 
But the investigation started uh, with, with no allegations of wrongdoing, other her lack of cooperation, uh, which she didn't have to cooperate as a matter of law. And so we want DOJ to terminate the investigation. We want them to remove the prosecutors who are in place, who have given political contributions to not one but two of her opponents. It certainly uh, creates an animus. It's a conflict of interest. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Are you saying that the prosecutors who are currently investigating Marilyn Mosby, you're saying those yeah. prosecutors have yes. made donations to the individuals running against Marilyn Mosby? In the last election. And, you know, you have to report political contributions. And so all you have to do is go to the Maryland uh, regulators, and it's right there. He not only gave, Leo Wise not only gave one, but two contributions to two different opponents of hers. Now she's leading the prosecution. So, so yeah, hold on, hold on, Scott, 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 hold. So, so, so you said prosecutor named Leo Wise, that in yes. the, when Marilyn Mosby ran the last time, he gave donations to two of her opponents, and he is the one who's leading the investigation right now into Marilyn Mosby? Yes. Verifiable. Documented. Is it? Fact, the DOJ now, is not, as, as a lawyer, is not disagree. Right? So isn't that unethical for a lawyer? If this was a judicial situation... A lawyer will be asking the judge to recuse themselves from the case. I'm going to be asking for the grand jury if they indict her or not. I'm going to be asking a grand jury judge to dismiss the case for bad faith prosecution. It is a huge conflict of interest and, and connotes political animus towards a public elected official, twice, by the way, by the citizens of the city of Baltimore. And so we've asked DOJ to not only remove them, but to terminate this investigation that is that is rife with animus, personal animus. They've had beefs before for leaks in joint investigations, the political animus, because this lead prosecutor uh, who got this information or the lack of information from the State Bar Association. And I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, I think there's a racial animus here because if nothing else makes sense, you got to look at race. And, and, and we want her and her husband to get back to their core mission of serving the people for the city of Baltimore. And that's just not happening. DOJ has stopped talking. DOJ will not walk away from the investigation. But more importantly, DOJ won't talk with us about what facts they have to support these proposed claims. For example, uh, there's a possibility uh, that there is a perjury charge. And so we get an opportunity to defend ourselves before the DOJ criminal tax division. We had a meeting with them. We say, okay, one of the possible charges is perjury. Tell us what the statement was. Tell us what the document was where she allegedly lied under oath. You can't bring perjury. You can't, I can't defend against perjury if you don't tell me what the lie was or what the false statement was that was made. They refuse to tell us. And so it is these types of games that DOJ is playing with the political and personal life of Marilyn Mosby that we've got to get at. We have asked for meetings with the higher-ups, above the frontline lawyers. We have asked for a meeting with the new uh, U.S. attorney for the state of Maryland, a former Maryland delegate, black ASUA, Democratic, AU, uh, Democratic U.S. attorney for the uh, state of Baltimore. We have not gotten a response on our request. And so I'm tired of being tired of the lack of communication and the silence 
while these possible charges and investigation hangs over her and her family's uh, head. It's just not right. It's fundamentally unfair. And it's not just happening to her. It happened to Kim Fox, Kim Gardner out of St. Louis, Missouri. And so these six strong, prominent black men came together to say enough is enough. We've asked DOJ to take a deeper look at whether they've been wrongfully investigated or wrongfully harassed. But more importantly, with Marilyn Mosby, that all charges that they're looking at, the determination of the grand jury investigation, that they terminate that and make it go away. An investigation, by the way, that started under Trump. I'm trying to understand how this came about. You said that the, the Maryland State Bar made a recommendation or sent information to DOJ, and that's how this thing started? The Maryland State Bar, uh, on their own volition, began asking her about whether she had filed her taxes timely and appropriately because there was a tax lien that the, that the media had reported on. She didn't know about the tax lien. It was never properly served. I looked for the tax lien through our normal means as, as, a, as a law firm. We couldn't even find it. When she turned her taxes over to the Maryland State uh, Bar Association, uh, they then asked her for, for documents to back up and support her deductions and other entries on her tax return. As a matter of law, she's not required to do that. And, her, and another lawyer who was representing her gave them case law as to why they could not ask or receive those documents, okay? Now, the state bar then turned this information and her refusal to produce these documents over to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland. We know that because when we asked the U.S. Attorney, the one who's got the political animus, uh, Leo Wise, we asked him, what was this about? What triggered this investigation of my client? He directed us back to the state bar and that dispute that she had with them. So that came from the U.S. Attorney's Office. So we looked at that and said, well, that can't be the why you're got a criminal grand jury investigation, because if you were concerned about that, that would be handled by a civil audit through the IRS. The IRS can send you letters and take you through an audit, because the amount of exposure here, even if what they're saying she owes the government vis-a-vis -vis the tax lien, she's paid that tax lien. That's been resolved. Why is there a federal criminal investigation over a civil tax audit issue? They don't make enough money to stock millions away to avoid taxes or evade taxes. They're public servants. Their salaries are of a public, uh, you, you, can, you can find them out by public consent by the state legislature. So it makes no sense. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend themselves when it, when it makes no sense. And there's this animus towards them. And it's an abuse of power, an abuse of prosecution that has made it a persecution of Marilyn Mosby and her husband. That's a bottom line proposition, and it never stops being that. Well, uh, we certainly uh, want to see uh, what happens next uh, in uh, this uh, case here. I still find it strange that uh, a prosecutor is leading an investigation into Marilyn yeah. Mosby, who gave to her opponents, two of her opponents in the last election, I don't see how that person is still involved in this case. That clearly uh, is a conflict of interest. Roland, we took the issue in writing to the professional responsibility team at DOJ. They rejected our contention that they should be removed, saying we could take it to a judge. 
Well, why would I take it to a judge after they've been indicted, if they were to get indicted? Why not have DOJ remove what is clearly a practical and public conflict of interest, verifiable? Why would I wait for them to conduct a bad investigation, possibly a bad indictment, and then go to the judge and complain about it being a persecution or, or complain to them about uh, it being a, a racial and political uh, animus-based prosecution after the fact. I wanted DOJ to remove them. DOJ, even DOJ has refused to remove them. We certainly asked them to take a deeper look at it because this investigation started under the Trump administration. You have to, you have to be approved to do a criminal tax investigation. And the Trump uh, DOJ approved it. We're now asking the Biden-Harris DOJ, as well as the new uh, U.S. attorney in the state of Maryland, to take a deeper look at it and to terminate this investigation that, that was started from an ill-will standpoint and has no place on the books of public dollars being spent just to harass this publicly elected official. All right. Attorney Scott Bolden, attorney for Maryland Mosby. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. a lot. All right. Thank you. My pal, Dr. Greg Carr with the Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University. He joins us every Thursday. Reese Colbert as well, founder of Black Women Views, Raja Muhammad, radio and TV host. Um, Reese, I, I made the point here, uh, what, what is it, what is clear, a, an apparent conflict of interest. But mm -hmm. we do have to deal with this reality of the level of attacks that have come against these black female prosecutors across the country. Uh, how they have been attacked. Former prosecutor Aramis Ayala, because she chose not to prosecute death penalty cases. Uh, mm -hmm. Governor Rick Scott and others came after her very aggressively. Then, of course, you have um, uh, Kim Fox, uh, where, they, where they went after her for the Jesse Smollett uh, decision as well. Now you have Marilyn Mosby, Kim Gardner uh, in St. Louis has been under constant attack uh, since she was elected as well. It's amazing how folks uh, are real fragile and they see threats from these sisters. I would also add Vice President Kamala Harris. Her record was smeared and attacked, even though she was the fourth, she was the leader on a lot of these progressive things that you see uh, people like Marilyn Mosby and Kim Fox uh, taking the baton from her on. And so there certainly is an agenda. I think the way that they always go after black electeds is through the finances, um, through alleging some sort of corruption, because it's, it's smart in terms of PR, in terms of getting uh, the general public on their side. I mean, people don't believe that politicians have the right to be corrupt and do things like that. But it's clear that this is a persecution and 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 a and a, a hack job being done on Marilyn Mosby. If the issue were taxes, she paid her taxes. You know, uh, okay. So there was a lien. It sounds like the process worked as intended. The IRS filed a lien, and when she was made aware of it, she paid it off. So what? What's the problem? You know, when we look at uh, former President Trump and all of the tax scams that he has going on, Leo Wise should be investigating him. We look at the fact that, you know, Trump uh, paid off uh, a porn star and called a campaign finance thing or trying to skirt around those rules, and there's no prosecution for him. I mean, I could think of a dozen cases just against Donald Trump alone and the scam that he and Ivanka Trump and his sons were all pulling 
while he was president of the United States to skirt around tax laws. And I don't see any appetite from that. So why are the hell are they going after, as A. Scott Bolden said, a person who's a public servant who's not wealthy by any means? And, you know, they would have more success if they're looking for tax money going after Jeff Bezos than going after Marilyn Mosby. So it's all bullshit. And I'm really tired of the way that black electeds are sullied even if they are unsuccessful in, 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 in bringing charges against her, just the implication, the insinuation that she has done something criminal is enough to be damaging to her career and future prospects. And that is the, the point entirely. Faraji, you're there based, based there in Baltimore. How is this playing out among folks in Baltimore? Faraji, your microphone's not on. There we go. Um, it's been playing out for years in Baltimore. State's Attorney Mosby has been on the forefront of, um, you know, really dealing with the issue of justice. And I will say, this is goes back to as far as Freddie Gray. When we had the Freddie Gray situation here in Baltimore City, and, and State's Attorney Mosby came out and said that she was going to prosecute those police officers that were in, involved in that case. The, 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 the onslaught, the attacks came from right then and there. It has never let up. There is a, a, a television station right now in Baltimore, and I'm not lying to you, Brother Roland family, television station, Fox, Fox, local Fox affiliate, that has been every other day Marilyn Mosby is coming up on, in the in their broadcast. And it's putting Marilyn Mosby, it's not shedding a, a positive light. Now, the, the other part about this that, you know, I think that Mr. Bolden has to speak about or should let folks know is that Leo Wise actually is the same prosecutor that not only gave to two of Marilyn Mosby's opponents, but he's also the same prosecutor that prosecuted the case against Catherine Pugh, the former mayor of Baltimore, who was wrapped up in the Healthy Holly scandal. He was also the mm -hmm. same prosecutor that dealt with the situation with former mayor uh, Sheila Dixon. Uh, a few years ago. So this, this, you know, when you look at the big picture of his actions and his use of, of, of guess, you know, his use of power from that office, it's very, very questionable. But uh, here's, the, here's the concerning part about this. Uh, the concerning part about this is that you do have a number of Baltimoreans, and I talk to them, who have mixed feelings about the state's attorney. So the, the PR campaign against her may win some people over. And the, where is the mixed feelings coming from? Marilyn Mosby is one of those prosecutors, and you, you know, we named a few others, who are, who's a part of a national effort to um, remove any type of criminalization of you know, certain things like weed and other things, sm small things, right, that have put black men in jail. She's saying, OK, we're not going to prosecute those crimes because it's not, it's, you know, instead of prosecuting them and, and criminalize them, we're going to try to get them help. We're going to try to get those young brothers some jobs. And so that, that rubbed people the wrong way. Some people say she's not doing enough to stop the, the ongoing violence here in Baltimore. We, unfortunately, we have been tracking over 300 murders for the past five to six years in Baltimore City. Our numbers have not gone down for homicides. And so some people say, hey, she's not doing enough to prosecute those who are pulling the triggers. So there are, there's like a perfect storm that's been brewing in the city around Marilyn Mosby, her work performance. And now you have this issue. And I think it's important that folks understand to get to the facts. Listen to what Mr. Bolden has to say. Get to the facts of what she's dealing with 
because there's a lot of big factors. But at the end of the day, there is, I believe, a coordinated effort to get black elected officials out of um, public office and to and to start with PR campaigns, like you said, Reese, to go into their finances and then, you know, really criminalizing them. And that right there, Brother Roland, will discourage any young black person to run for office or to get into a position of power where they can make change for black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, thing here, the thing here, Greg, that we have to um, contend with uh, is you're right. When even the specter of a federal investigation has a damaging impact uh, when someone is uh, running for office, I, I, I am trying to understand if this is a tax case, why is the why is they there a criminal probe first by the U.S. Attorney's Office? Normally, you would think that it would be an IRS case first, and then if it rolls to a certain level, then they would bring in the U.S. Attorney's Office on the criminal side. So I would want to know how much money are we talking about. Several thousand dollars, five figures, six figures, exactly what is it? And so that's also what is strange to me. Yes, well, I mean, Scott laid it out. He laid out the, the, the legal arguments and, and the absurdity. Clearly what we're, what we're dealing with, and, and everyone has said it, I'm just adding my voice to, to, uh, to say, yes, we're dealing with a political situation. This is a political prosecution. So when Scott said... Uh, he hopes that under the current administration that this will be dropped. Um, that's a matter of politics. This shouldn't, this is really a no-brainer. But but there are some other forces at play, and, and we just heard it. You know, both Reese and Faraji have laid it out. You know, the combination here is her actions, and not just her actions. The the actions of the other prosecutors you mentioned, the actions of any progressive prosecutor, relatively speaking on minor infractions and things like that. And then there is the added layer of the aesthetic. She's a black woman. And so this mm. this infuriates white nationalists. Uh, the idea, you know, and, and, and of course, the actions of decriminalizing certain behavior, of attempting to channel those dollars and resources into prohib uh, preventative measures to stop people from falling into the pipeline, doesn't know a race. Of course, it's going to disproportionately affect black folk and, and then brown folk, and but it's going to affect poor folk. So they're willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. white folk. Yeah, so notice the silences, though, in all of these cases. Where's the business community in this? Well, you know, they're too busy salivating over gentrification and trying to get some of these people not only off the streets in places like Baltimore or even on the white male side of the spectrum, Larry Krasner, Philadelphia. They want to get these people out of the paint. And so they're going to be very silent. This is an injustice, and it's, and it's, and it's a political situation. The only other thing I would add is this, and, and of course, you've been covering this for a long time, Roland. I'm talking about not just this topic, but this arc of persecution that we've heard about. Um, it can have damaging effect, but can also backfire. Remember the case of Marion Barry. At that, at that point, with D.C. With still Chocolate City or chocolate enough to put him back in office, you know, voting for Marion Barry at that point was a badge of honor. Now, let's set aside what he did or didn't do. The idea that they are after us is something that can be turned into political capital. And quite frankly, I'm mm -hmm. encouraged by these kind of attempted persecutions because it reveals that some black elected officials have decided that they will do more than just say, vote for me because I'm black. They will, in fact, like mm. Marilyn and others say, vote for me because I am going to do what the black community needs. And those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, all right, folks, hold tight one second. Got to go to a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk with Cliff Albright, co-founder of Black Voters Matter, uh, as they are uh, marching for voting rights uh, to end voter suppression in the country. Also, we'll hear from Kasim Reed, who wants uh, to get his old job back as the mayor of Atlanta, the Atlanta NAACP president. Has some harsh words for him. He responds exclusively right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Back in a moment, live from Atlanta. saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now, she's free to become Bear Hug Betty. Settle in, kids. You'll be there a while. Ooh, where you going? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. Hey, I'm Arnaz J. Black TV does matter, dang it. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Stay woke. The uh, voting bill in Congress, activists are making a trek from Virginia to Washington, D.C. Let's go live uh, to our friend Cliff Albright, co-founder of Black Voters Matter. He is uh, actually uh, in, make, in, in the last mile of that trek. Cliff, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good for somebody who's just done 59 miles. But, yeah, so we started off. In- are, so how y'all doing it? Y'all, 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 you guys are riding bikes. Are you walking? Are some walking? You're riding. What? So explain, explain uh, this trip. Yeah. So we started off in Harper's Ferry this morning, historic Harper's Ferry. Incredible experience to be there at that site of so much history, not just John Brown and the raid, but also, you know, one of the early meetings of the Niagara movement. But we started off there. And there were some of us that were going to be biking the entire 60. There were some that were just going to be biking different parts. There were some that were just going to walk some segments, um, some that were jogging some segments. And so, but during this final stretch, we've got seven riders who are riding right now. I'm in, I'm in front of the pack because I was trying to get to the finish in time to join you, Roland. But we got seven people riding right now, um, most of whom have been riding since Harper's Ferry. And then we got some people that have also been walking the last leg, like the last three miles, five miles, seven miles. So it's a combination right now. But I tell you that there have been folks that have been on this trail with me the entire day, Roland. That's how dedicated and committed we are to, to making the point that we have got to get the Freedom to Vote Act and the other voting rights bills, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, as well as D.C. statehood, that we got to get it passed right now. So the issue that yesterday we saw what took place for a long time, all we heard from Senator Joe Manchin uh, is that, you know, got to be bipartisan, trying to get Republicans, not a single Republican, not one voted with the Democrats. That's right. And that's that's pretty much what we've been expecting all along. Like we know that you're. We've been saying that not only are you not going to find 10, but you probably wouldn't even find one. And so Joe Manchin has been saying for months now that he's talking to his colleagues, that he knows some of them are reasonable, that they'll go along with a, a reasonable voting rights bill. He, he crafted this compromise bill. So it's really, you know, some might say that this is a disrespect to him. So if he can't produce the 10 Republicans that he's been saying that he could produce, then now's the time for Chuck Schumer and President Biden to tell him, look, we gave you a chance. We let you do a compromise. 
We took out some stuff that, quite frankly, those of us who, who wanted a more aggressive voting rights bill are very upset about. But still, we did all that. You still couldn't get your 10. So now, guess what, Joe Manchin? It's time to get up off the filibuster to, to amend it, fix it, modify it, or just outright get rid of it, particularly in regards to voting rights. You had your chance, Joe Manchin, to find 10. You failed. So now you need to end the filibuster and pass this voting rights bill that you say that you support and which this country so desperately needs, especially marginalized voters and, and black voters that are under attack. You see, Roland, I know what you've been, you've been talking about, what they're trying to do down there in Texas, trying to get rid of two seats. How are you going to have 90-something percent of the growth in Texas be from black and brown communities, and then we lose representation? This has got to stop. It's got to stop now. And Manchin has got to agree, and Cinema and the rest of them that are hiding in the closet have got to agree to end the filibuster now and pass these bills. Um, you and others have also said the White House must do more. Normally, I mean, we saw this with these other bills. I mean, look, I get emails every day from the White House. They offering up people to talk about build back better, infrastructure, COVID relief, stuff along those lines. I'm not getting emails them offering up surrogates and, and officials from the White House advancing voting. And so what the hell is the White House doing? That's right, Roland. You're not, you're not seeing the same energy that you're seeing for Build Back Better. You're not seeing that for voting rights. You're not seeing those emails. You're not seeing all the meetings that have taken place in the White House. You're not seeing a couple of weeks ago, uh, 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 President Biden went to Congress when they were discussing Build Back Better. He went to Congress to tell them what he wanted. You haven't seen him do that for voting rights. You haven't seen him go to Scranton, Pennsylvania or any place else for that matter. And, and deliver a speech because he's trying to drum up support for the voting rights bill. You haven't seen him go to Texas and, and give a speech or go to any state trying to round up support for, for voting rights. He knows how to get stuff done. He's been in Washington for 40 years. So, yes, we've been demanding that President Biden do more. That's part of the reason that we and, and others like the League of Women's Voters and others have been doing um, actions and civil disobedience at the White House, I got arrested two weeks ago, along with four other freedom fighters. Just this week, 25 people got arrested at the White House. So, yes, we are demanding that President Biden lean into this, and he needs to shift. He needs to shift. I'm sorry, it's dark. I'm riding through the park. I think I'm getting close to finish. But he needs to shift the priority. We cannot wait for them to finish uh, Build Back Better and infrastructure and then get to voting rights. We need them to prioritize voting rights right now, and then you can finish the job on infrastructure. But voting rights cannot wait. It cannot be put on the back burner. Trying to see All where I'm right going. Uh, well, Cliff, y'all Cliff, uh, y'all have been uh, on the front lines, uh, absolutely doing uh, the work out there, mobilizing, mobilizing and organizing people. Uh, and we certainly appreciate it. And so, uh, you know, we are, we are going to continue uh, to stay on top of this uh, as well and make it real clear. Uh, this is a fundamental issue that black folks care about. And we must see action from this Democrat, from the Democrats uh, in the Senate and out of this. Oh, oh, I think. I, hey, Roland, I think I'm at the finish line and there might be some people that want to say hi or something. If you got to. Hey. Okay. <laughs> All right. We can do that. Oh, y'all. <laughs> y'all are on y'all are on rolling Martin right now, I think. If, if 
they still there. Y'all say, yeah, say yeah, hi to Roman. Yeah, now you're on. Go ahead. Yeah. Now you can go yeah. You can show them. I was trying to show them. Yeah, look up. There, there's some of them are. Hey. These are the folks that have been out here all day giving out snacks, helping us on the roads, making sure that we've been safe. These Whoa. folks have been doing it. The rest of the riders are still behind me, but these are the folks that have been out here volunteering. They've also been committed. They may not have rode or, or, or walked for 60 miles, but they've been out here all day rolling because of their commitment to passing the Freedom Vote Act, and, as well as John Lewis, as well as D.C. Statehood. So y'all, y'all say hi. Doctors and nurses, we have mom and dad. Thank you, Roland. Right then. Well, look, that's hey, Doc, that's what we want to see, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, and y'all keep uh, doing the great work. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you, Roland. Uh, folks, uh, today uh, President Joe Biden spoke at the uh, MLK Memorial for the tenth dedication. We're going to he spoke actually mentioned the voting bill. We're going to have that soundbite for you in just a second. I want to go back to my panel and bring them in here. Uh, you know, again, all we've heard from Raji from Joe Manchin is oh, bipartisanship, bipartisanship. But everybody keeps talking about Manchin and the cinema. But the reality is, there's several other Democratic senators who also do not want to do a carve-out to end the filibuster for voting. I, what I don't understand, and this is what these mainstream media people, because, again, they're the one, they got the credentials, they got all the staff there down there. Why mm -hmm. is it they haven't asked every Democratic senator, will you support a carve-out for voting rights? We, sh we should have every Democratic senator on record on this issue, not just Manchin and Cinema, who don't want to get rid of the filibuster. No, we should. We definitely should. And I think that we're, we're seeing a situation that, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this dealing with the Republican Party in terms of the, the, the revolution within that party. But then there's a revolution within a Democratic Party, and we're seeing the, the, the party just breaking away. And I, and I can't recall who said it, but they're saying that within the Democratic Party, there are three groups of people. You have your moderate, you have your conservative, and you have your progressives. And so even on a simple thing like voting rights, something that is fundamental to, quote, unquote, to, to, to our democracy, there are still, you know, so many people who are saying, well, maybe it needs to be this way and that way. And, and, I'm, and I'm with Cliff, first and foremost, I mean, just to point it out, you saw older white people standing out there with Cliff um, and, 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 cla and clapping and applauding for him. So this just goes to show you that this thing is much deeper, and it has affected everyone. But when you have this level of, of um, you know, people just passing a buck or they're, they're being very slow and procrastinating on a very timely and urgent issue, you know, we're one year out from these major uh, midterm elections, and we're still trying to get a voting rights bill to pass, knowing that there are going to be, you know, if this bill is passed, that there are going to have to be some other bills put in place, some other protocols put in place, so that way our people can go to the polls and, and cast their ballots for next year's midterm elections. But at this pace, at this pace, the, the Biden administration is wasting time and it is losing the ground game to get some, some folks back into, into the political process. And that right there has to be brought out at the beginning and, and throughout this whole conversation. Time is being wasted. And this, if this is supposed to be the democratic, uh, um, if this is supposed to be the bedrock of the democratic system, then there needs to be a greater emphasis on it. 
Reese, uh, this is President Joe Biden today at the 10th annual uh, at the 10th annual an the anniversary of the MLK Memorial, which was dedicated uh, 10 years ago. Speaking about voting, the full promise America we have to protect that fundamental right, the right to vote, the sacred right to vote. You know, it's democracy's threshold liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, nothing is. Today, the right to vote and the rule of law are under unrelenting assault from Republican governors, attorneys general, secretary of state, state legislators, and they're following my predecessor, the last president, into a deep, deep black hole in the abyss. No, I really mean it. Think about it. This is what got me involved in civil rights as a kid when I was 26 years old. It gave me, I never planned, I love reading about how Biden knew he was going to run for president. Hell, I didn't know I was even going to be able to run for the county council. I didn't even want to. But look, this struggle is no longer just over who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the votes or they should count it all. Jim Crow in the 21st century is now a sinister combination of voter suppression and elective sub election subversion. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow. Okay. All right. So, okay, Racy. Biden telling <laughs> black people something we already know. Yeah, I mean, okay, so what is going to happen from all of this? You know, I take it upon myself because I so rarely hear his name being invoked in these discussions to remind everybody that the majority leader is Chuck Schumer. What the hell are you going to do about Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, and the people that are hiding behind them? Whatever happened to the talking filibuster? I mean, there was all this talk about bringing back the talking filibuster. Even President Joe Biden uh, expressed a, a, an interest in, in supporting that kind of uh, filibuster reform. That has completely fallen off the map. Chuck Schumer has had bluster about everything is on the table when it comes to the filibuster, and yet absolutely nothing has happened. Clearly... There is no negotiating with terrorists when it comes to the Republicans. There used to be some bipartisan support for at least certain certain parts of voter um, integrity. For instance, paper ballots was a thing that was bipartisan um, under the Trump administration. That never passed, but that was that was an initiative that was from both parties. Now there is absolutely no uh, nobody on the Republican side that's willing to vote for any kind of voting reform, no matter how much Joe Manchin gets in there and waters down every single Democratic mm -hmm. proposal. And unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of saying, well, in 2022, we make Joe Manchin irrelevant. There's not going to be much we can do in 2022 if the federal elections continue to be gerrymandered to death, like the House of Representatives is, as Faraji just pointed out, has happened. And so it is do or die at this moment. And the only way that anything gets done is through filibuster reform. They won't even carve out a filibuster reform when it comes to the debt ceiling. They've kicked the can down to December for that, and we're going to have this discussion all over again about carve-outs for the filibuster. It's time to put an end to the filibuster, or else the Democrats are going to pay for that in 2020. Two, not Joe Manchin, he don't give a damn. Not Kristen Sinema, she don't give a damn. But you have to, Chuck Schumer, I'm going to say this again, find out what the billionaires have figured out about Chuck Schumer. 
find out about what the people that Kristen Sinema is flying off to to eat cake with in France and overseas and do these luxury retreats in Arizona. They got y'all folks figured out. So it's about time that you figure it the hell out so that we can actually have a semi-functioning democracy. And the last thing I'll say is shout out to Black Voters Matter, Cliff Albright, all the people that are out there on the front lines, people who are getting arrested, civil, civil disobedience. I understand that people don't have a lot of faith in the uh, elected officials. I'm not even going to argue with you on that point at this point because we barely have a functioning democracy. But at least, if not for faith in elected officials, at least give these folks like Cliff Albright, Latasha Brown, et cetera, et cetera, the ability to just retire, to sit down for a couple of years and relax so that they don't have to be marching all the time and doing bike rides mm. and protests and getting arrested. At least mm. value your vote enough to retire them. And then we can focus on pushing the electeds to get these proposals and this legislation through instead of always having to have the activists do the heavy lifting just to get us anywhere near functioning. Please, if you don't have faith in anybody else, don't look at these folks that are constantly putting themselves out there and, 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 and spit in their faces and say that their work doesn't matter. Your vote matters, which is why those folks are out there protesting for it and why the Republicans, every single last Republican in the Senate, every single last Republican in the House, and every single Republican governor across the country is trying to do everything they can to strip you of your electoral power. Mm. Uh, Greg, uh, again, fine, Biden, you come and stand in front of black people giving that speech. No, 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 no. You got to do more. And the reality is the White House is not doing the heavy lifting on this. This is simply not the same priority that they have for the infrastructure bill and for the other bills that have passed. It's simply not. No, it's not. It's not. And to be clear, I mean, I don't listen to Joe Biden or really to any president. I mean, <laughs> the whole point is, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, if Martin Luther King could come out of that rock, he probably would have slapped him into the Potomac Basin. But the whole point is that uh, as nonviolent as Dr. King was, but uh, fortunately, the, the sculptor, of course, and we know uh, our fraternity raised a lot of the money for it, but the sculptor that sculpted Martin King. Uh, who immortalized him in stone? There was a Chinese sculptor, and I and, and I, I ain't mad at that because he got him in a Mao Zedong kind of look. He looking across over there, at Thomas Jefferson, like if I could walk up out of here, I would come over and handle you too. So I mean, there's it, it, no <laughs> sense in, in trying to listen to politicians who have other agendas. We must impose our will. And, and you know, I encourage everyone if you get a chance, if you want to read a, a book to help understand what's going on, Adam Gentleson, who used to work for Harry Reid, his book Kill Switch on the history of the filibuster makes it very plain. I mean, for most of the history of the filibuster, it was used to prevent civil rights legislation. And now mm. under the White Nationalist Party, the, the, the white nationalists have refined it into a tool for imposing their will on all issues because they see the rising tide of color and the increasingly progressive American majority. And so they are going to say no to everything. Here, here, here's something that would twist uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cosplay Coal Miner as knickers up a little bit. Uh, considering the fact that in the last federal election for president, West Virginia was one of the lowest uh, states in terms of voter participation. They were under 60 percent, along with Tennessee, Hawaii, Arkansas, and um, I forget the fifth. Um, but at any rate, uh, this will twist his knickers in a fit. The white nationalists wouldn't have voted for legislation that 
uh, that basically they got to write. Their strategy is to say no to everything. Mitch McConnell unveiled that in the first Obama term. They are, they are, this is the yeah. last stand. The United States Senate is a failed institution. This isn't me. This is mm. Adam Jones, who, who worked for Harry Reid. It's a failed institution. And guess what's about to die next? American democracy. It's on its deathbed. The, the 2022 and 2024 cycles will determine the fracture of this federal polity, because the white nationalists have determined that if we can't run it, we will wreck it. And the one thing we're going to take out of this equation is the capacity of the federal government to impose its will on our increasingly white nationalist rogue states. This is all about the strategy of fracturing the country if they can't run it. So, you know, say mm -hmm. shout out Shout out to Latosha, understanding that. But, you know, voting is a proxy for power. And I agree with you, Reese. Let's go after the money people. Let's go after the people who are counting their money. That's where they don't like to get hit. I know you, I don't know if you saw that, Roland uh, and everybody. Um, they just announced the Las Vegas Raiders. I haven't watched the damn football, obviously, in years, but the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, yeah, just no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna, I, okay. I, I'm gonna hit that a little bit later. So hold on, hold on. I'm, trust me, I saw it. I'm gonna and hit that a little bit later. Let me, let me, uh, let me go. Okay, I won't mention. That. I was just gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna hit that later. Money, when you start scaring their money, they move. This is what we need to understand. Okay, I can't wait to hear about it. Right. Then. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold tight one second, y'all. We got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, the NFL has decided to stop race doing. Remember, we talked to former NFL player and his wife. They were the ones who were leading mm -hmm. that fight. Well, they're back, and we're going to talk about uh, this agreement. That could uh, provide up to a billion dollars uh, to black players who have been impacted uh, by concussions uh, and who have been ill as a result of their playing in the NFL. We're going to discuss that. We're going to hear from that couple. Also, Kasim Reed is running uh, for to get back into the mayor's office here in Atlanta. The Atlanta president, the NAACP, issued a scathing letter telling um, Atlanta, folks in Atlanta not to vote for him. We're going to tell you about that letter, and also you'll hear from Kasim Reed as well. Lots more for us to talk about here, folks, on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Atlanta, and yes, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Back in a moment. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Once upon a time, there lived a princess with really long hair who was waiting for a prince to come save her. But really, who has time for that? Let's go. Fill myself. She ordered herself a ladder with Prime one day delivery, and she was out of there. Now, her hairdressing empire is killing it. And the prince, well, who cares? Prime changed everything. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Lunell. So what's up? This is your boy, Earthquake. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A dot what's the deal all right folks all right folks uh, we are here uh, in Atlanta of course uh, we've been here for all week for the eighth annual hope global forum uh, glad to be here uh, as we have been talking about uh, just first of all covering all sorts of things and so we're glad to have uh, the show here remember we talked about uh, race norming. Uh, that is something that has been uh, in, in the news where the NFL basically was using a different standard, a different standard for African-Americans, um, African-American players when it came to how they were determining uh, what got paid in the uh, settlements uh, for those players who were impacted uh, by concussions who have been ill. Well, there was a lot of, lot of attention uh, being paid to that, folks. And so the NFL initially tried to defend it, and all of a sudden they realized that was pretty stupid. A lot of different uh, stories were being done about it as more and more families begin to talk about it, begin to call out uh, the they begin to call out the NFL for race norming. Uh, other doctors begin to call them out as well, and so uh, that led to 
uh, a lot of changes. Well, the NFL announced yesterday that they have they have reached a settlement where they're going to stop using race norming, uh, which was negatively impacting black ball players across the board. This settlement could mean an additional billion dollars or so that will go uh, to the families of these athletes who have been impacted. And so we have been we're covering this story and these players have been impacted by severe injuries. Those who are suffering from all sort of illnesses uh, and ailments and dementia, some with Alzheimer's and critics say race normally, of course, made difficult for these black retirees to, to qualify for payments of more than half a million dollars. Well, uh, one of the folks who have been fighting this, raising the awareness is Lacey Leonard and her husband, form, former NFL player Lewis Leonard. Uh, they join me now from Arizona. Glad to have them back on the show. Uh, first of all, let, let me say this here, Lacey and Lewis, congratulations. Uh, it was your advocacy, your willingness to take on the NFL, to bring the other families into the fold that caused this story to become a national story. Uh, and all of your hard work uh, has resulted in where we are today with them announcing the ending of race norming. Hi, Roland. Thank you so much for having me and Lewis today. Yes. Talk about uh, this decision and how you felt when you were told that they were going to stop using, using race norming uh, and as, as a part of this settlement where they notified the federal judge. I was, um, I was grateful that finally something that we have been advocating for for several years, um, you know, it, it hasn't fallen on deaf ears. Um, I was a little... Um, I just kind of felt like it's about time, you know. Today I had got asked a question and I was asked, you know, do you feel justice? And to me, I don't feel justice would be the word because to me it's, it's almost like if someone say, you know, stole your bike and then they gave your bike back, right? Or stole your purse and they gave it back. Something that belonged to you or something that did not belong to them. Um, I feel like we are definitely taking a step in the right direction with taking out the norm, the race norms, because I don't think that it was fair to the black players um, who were really just trying to get the benefits that they deserve based off of their uh, neuro neuro neurological um, reports, you know? So my hope is that this will be just a, a catalyst to allow people to receive the benefits they deserve. You know, there's many families besides us that has been dealing with this. Well, to that particular point there, uh, Lewis, in essence, it's you were fighting for what you actually deserve in the first place. You really forced the NFL to do what was right. Uh, they should have not been using race norming in the first place. That is so that is so true. No, that is so true. Um, it's really uh, disheartened that, you know, um, we have to go through um, one fight for 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 the benefits that we're entitled to but then the things that we have to do the testing people don't realize how strenuous these tests are you know um, um, even um, you know the the uh, um, the, the uh, excuse me but the trans uh, getting to these uh, testing sites. You know, you got to fly this place, fly this place. You know, you're talking about going to multiple cities and 
less than a week. Um, mm -hmm. So it's very hard to even do um, to even do the testing. But to in my case, to be a to be a person who got approved and on the last day got denied. I mean, it was disheartening. It was a it was a punch in the gut. It was a slap in the face. It was a stab in the back. Um, but um, I'm glad it's getting rectified. I'm glad that uh, something is finally being done and, and the NFL is being held accountable for um, this racial injustice that we've been going through. Now, the reports that we've heard, Lacey, that it could be over for a billion, who actually decides that? Is that the, the judge or does the NFL decide that in negotiation with uh, the lawyers? You know, Roland, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been privy to the document yet, so I'm really um, eager to see exactly what that entails. Again, you know, as it stands now, my husband has only been approved and then had his approval denied. So at this point, you know, our family has not yet received justice. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to allocate when they're going to actually be retroactively paying these players or, or what that looks like, who gets to decide if it's a judge or... Um, or if it's a collective. Um, me personally, I would like to see all these players who were wrongfully denied receive also punitive damages. Um, I don't know how hopeful that will be, but I'm really curious to see what this settlement is going to look like because, as all of us are aware, the NFL requested that it would be um, sealed. So to me, that raises an eyebrow that there might be some potential reason that they want it sealed and that they're not really keeping it fully transparent. So I, I'm just kind of waiting around like everyone else to see how this is going to affect not only my husband, but all the members in the class that have been adversely affected. Well, uh, it is uh, certainly uh, good news uh, here in terms of what they decided. Uh, Y'all have been fighting yeah. for this. Uh, and we certainly yeah. appreciate uh, your advocacy. And so uh, feel free uh, to uh, let us know what happens. Uh, you always have an opportunity to share your story with us. Uh, and Lacey, also, let me thank you for dressing your husband for today's show. He did not wear that hideous purple. <laughs> I knew you was going to get him wrong. <laughs> I, I but I tell you what, I see <laughs> yes. you looking good over there. I see you looking good. No, 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 no. See, it's the it's see, see, Lewis. It's the shades that you have on. This is cobalt blue and gold. Yeah, I just yeah. want you to see. I know. Right. I know. It's the, the it shades are affecting right. you. It must be so, but I tell, but I tell you what, I didn't. The reason why I didn't want to intimidate nobody today, because I seen it in your eyes last time, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't intimidate. So, you got it. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you, you may not realize Dr. Greg Carr is also my alpha brother. So uh, <laughs> we, we didn't want to sit here and have to make you feel small uh, being two alphas on the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. I appreciate Thank both you of you. So much. Thank you, Roland. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. All right, y'all take care. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, quickly, let's go to my panel there. You know I had to go ahead and let them know, Greg. I had to let them know. <laughs> First of all, we shall transcend all. Ain't that what they say? <laughs> uh, we had to let them know. I mean, you know, that's our cheering. And, you know, sometimes you got to spank your cheering. Um, the thing here with this, 
what the NFL was doing was shameful, the use of race norming, uh, and it was depriving African-American players of what they should have been getting, Greg. And so the fact that the, it, this is like black folks having a fight for the right to vote that white folks automatically get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, so many disturbing things. First of all, of course, uh, at, at, we add our congratulations. I mean, just for just for the perseverance, because, you know, these institutions think they can just wear you down. Second of all, it's a minuscule amount of money, considering how much money the NFL makes. Third of all, yeah, I agree. There's a reason they want those records sealed. And uh, when you look at the average payment, when you look at the number of times that applicants have been denied, you know, <laughs> John Gruden's emails may be dwarfed by the conversations that were had off record that they don't want the world to find out. I mean, if they were to come clean and everyone were to see the correspondence and the conversations they were having, that might succeed in a way that Kaepernick's protest and everything that came after it did not succeed. That might be the thing to break the back of the NFL. Because after all, we all know that, you know, the employees are just uh, employees, just that. And they'll break these cats and throw them away. That is the nature of that sport. That is the nature of capitalism. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason they want them to see it. Um, this is, of course, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Look, the NFL is a $15 billion a year industry, uh, Reese, mm. uh, and the fact that the, the players had to fight, hire lawyers, go through all of this, putting more strain on them and their economic resources just made no sense. These were people, these were warriors who gave a lot on the field, and the NFL should have been taking care of them top to bottom. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the statistics, 70% of the NFL players are black, 60% of the retirees are black, and yet it, they believe that white players were being approved for their settlements when it comes to dementia and the different um, uh, medical conditions after they retired at three times the rate of black players. So obviously there's indisputable discrimination there. And as Dr. Carr said, I think that Putting it on Front Street, the level of insidious discrimination that black players were facing might have potentially um, really turned black fans who really power and even some black athletes who power the NFL against the, the institution. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, because we didn't really stand with Colin Kaepernick like we should have. But that's another story. But this definitely is much more um, of an impact. And I think as 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 um, as Lewis pointed out, there is a financial burden even subjecting ourselves to the test. And then let's also just be honest what that racial formula does. That racial formula assumes that black men are less intelligent, they have mm -hmm. less faculties to start from. So that means Come that on. they have to prove an even bigger drop-off. That is dehumanizing. That is barbaric. And that is the definition of white supremacy. And so mm. it is a great thing that finally there's a step in the right direction. It still has to go through judge approval. And then it's a question mark of how it's going to be administered. There's going to be retests that are going to go on. So there's still some subject subjectivity to it. I'm sure some people will still be left behind. And I would especially like to see this particular um, couple of the Leonards get approval because they are the forefront of, you know, really pushing for this. But Sometimes we know that the person who's the loudest and who champions it the most ends up being the one that gets retaliated against. So I certainly hope that's not mm. the case with this situation. But the last thing I'll say is because y'all brought up outfits and stuff like that, 
<laughs> Y'all look good tonight. Y'all look very handsome. I like that. The tops and Faraji, I see you got a new hairdo. Oh, y'all looking good. <laughs> got some, some black male magic going on. So I had to shout y'all out. I had to shout y'all. Y'all look good. We always look good. We, we just try to go with you. Thank you. I'm just giving y'all y'all props. Faraji, I appreciate it. Reese, Faraji, your comment real quick uh, on the race dome. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I think that, you know, when you look at how these tests started back in the 90s um, and, and, it, and it questioned the cognitive functioning of black men, I mean, this is back in the 90s. This is not something when the NFL started. This is back, you know, just a few, just about 20 years ago or so. So when you're talking about racism, it's, 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 the, it's this type of thing that racism runs so deep, it gets down to the very fundamental view that people have about black athletes. But one of the big things I think we need to look at is this ongoing pipeline that is from peewee football to the league. The fact mm. remains that even in, in black communities, and I mean, all folks that are watching, we have a son, a nephew, a, a, a grandson. We have continued to put that narrative in, in, in the minds and the hearts of black boys that a way to get out of the hood, a way to better your circumstances is to go to the league. So if we're talking about fundamentally changing how the, the league look at black athletes, we have to fundamentally change our conversation and the narrative around black success that we often put that there. So that way, brothers really understand that your body is not to be used and abused by some institution that don't give a damn. Now, now we have 70 percent, and Reese's right, I mean, 70 percent of the players are black in the league right now. And so there has to be something, some, some, some new, um, some new uh, connections being made because they're, they're, they're worried they're putting themselves out there. But at the same time, if you have a league that doesn't show or care about the players, then, then what are we doing this for? And so we do have to question that. And I hope that we don't let the foot up off the pedal. Uh, we need to keep the foot up their ass because the NFL needs to change fundamentally because of the power that the black athlete has. And more importantly, the bodies of the black athlete deserve better. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of uh, the NFL, uh, Greg uh, brought this up. I was like, calm down, I got this here. Uh, yeah, so y'all know the, the Raiders, uh, it's been lots of drama. John Gruden's emails before he became the head coach of the Raiders. Also, the folks at 538 dropped a story today talking about uh, how the Raiders had a significant number of black players on their team, and that changed when John Gruden took over as the head coach. Well, the Raiders announced this today. Uh, go to my computer, please. They announced that Gramley State University, this is a tweet uh, from uh, NFL reporter, the Raiders announced that the Gramley State University Tiger Marching Band will perform at halftime of Sunday's Raiders-Eagles game at Allegiant Stadium that, of course, is in Las Vegas. And the Raiders also announced that multiple Grammy Award-winning artist Yolanda Adams will perform the national anthem prior to kickoff of Sunday's Raiders-Eagles games. Adams perform America the Beautiful at Super Bowl. So uh, I'm just, you know what? I don't even need to sit here, so let me just go ahead uh, and... Uh, Sit back, Greg. You um, went ahead and uh, 
went ahead. Here we go. G give me this shot right here. Give me this shot right here. So, Greg, since you went ahead uh, and brought that up, let me just go <laughs> ahead uh, and just get in a relaxed position uh, so you can go ahead. And y'all, take the full screen, please, so we no. can go ahead and get the wide shot. Take the full screen. So, uh, Greg, I'm just going to go ahead and let you just take it away uh, right now since you, you, you urgently wanted to say something. Go ahead. No, in class brother. with Dr. Carr. In class no, with Dr. Carr. No, no ma'am. No, ma'am. Listen, look, none of us are any Roland Martin. I certainly know Roland Martin. I know you would set this on natural fire. I just hope that and expect that the world-famous Grambling State University band, and you know, you know, we have our friendly rivalries. I was in the Tennessee State Marching Band, but I hope the world-famous Grambling State band is getting a fat check. Because in the mm -hmm. words of uh, Frederick Douglass in What to the Slave is for the, was the 4th of July, he said, they that carried us off captive required of us a song. How can we sing our song in a strange land? We know mm -hmm. who the Raiders are. They are going to, I mean, talk about a bald, uh, just a bald face admission. We know we're racist. We know the league is racist. But we are going to try to cover this racist John Gruden and this whole fiasco and getting rid of black players with this fig leaf of Gramlin State University. You know, they, they like those bands. So can can we get one of those bands? And so I, I'm trying to remember if the president of Gramlin, uh, Brother Shalot, is he an alpha or not? Because I know you can track the story down, Roland. You might get the number of the zeros uh, on the no, check. The, um, no, no. Right. The, the, the president of Grambling is a Kappa. He's a Kappa. Um, uh, I am. And, and he gave me, he gave me, I am, I am an honorary drum major of the Grambling band. I got the jacket to prove it. Wait a minute. So Seriously? let me just go ahead. Yes, yes. When he came on uh, my News One Now show, presented me uh, a Grambling jacket uh, as an honorary drum major, uh, the folks at Southern uh, we're not happy with that, but I had to remind the people at Southern, uh, I have spoken on their campus, on their campus one, and to the alumni, and they ain't never gave me a jacket or a hat, but I ain't going to bring it up. <laughs> so let me go ahead and just, um, come on, brother. let me just go ahead and, um, let me just go ahead and, and unpack this. Um, and, uh, I am not going to be critical, uh, of grambling, but what I am going to say is this. Um, and, and I am going to be reaching out uh, to, uh, to, 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 to the university president to find out what they are receiving. But I would hope that what Gramlin is receiving is an eight-figure check. I would hope that Grambling said to the Raiders that if you all of a sudden want us to perform at the game, then not only do we want to see an eight-figure check to go to Grambling's, to go to the university, we want to see an additional stipend, uh, an additional uh, amount to go to the facilities of the Grambling football team. I would have I would hope that Yolanda Adams said to to the Raiders, don't just provide monetary assistance to me. I would hope that you are going to fund music programs specifically tailored to gospel at HBCUs. She is from mm. Houston. And so how about uh, the Raiders? You provide a monetary amount going to Texas Southern University in Houston 
and then another map going to where Ruth Simmons is the president of Prairie View A&M University. Because let me be real clear to everybody who is watching. Blackness has, is always being monetized. Blackness is always mm -hmm. being used to cover up the sins and omissions of others. In fact, we saw that just last week when the emails came out with regards to John Gruden and Bruce Allen, who was the president of the Washington Redskins. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of space, the Redskins announced that they were going to retire the number of Sean Taylor. The announcement was made on a Wednesday. The ceremony was on a Sunday. Now, the reason I know that's bogus is because normally when a team announces that they're going to retire the number of a player, it is a significant process. It is time. It is built up. Family is brought in. All of those things. Yet, when people are in trouble, what they hmm. do is they want to reach out and how could we somehow get some black paint to cover up the blemishes that we have inflicted? Could we somehow uh, get uh, some black tar? And, I'm not, and let me be real clear, I'm not calling Grambling or Yolanda Adams that, but let's patch up the sinkhole in the street with some black tar. Let, 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 let's somehow, you know what? Uh, when things don't look right, let's go to Home Depot. Or, you know what? Not Home Depot. Lowe's has a black CEO. Let's go to Lowe's and buy some black tarp to cover it up so folks won't see the mess that we have created. All I'm simply stating to my brothers and sisters is if they're going to call you to cover up their mess, Hmm. Make them pay. Yes, sir. We're going to go to a break. When we yes. come back, Amen. Tiffany Lofton is in Benin, Oklahoma, fighting for Julius Jones. We're going to go live to her. We're going to also hear from Kasim Reed here in Atlanta, who is running for mayor. Election is two weeks out. He got hit hard by the Atlanta NAACP president. He responds on Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. 
Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Hello, everyone. It's Kiara Sheard. Hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. All right, folks. Uh, Zim, stop telling me I'm live. I know I'm live. We're all good. I got this. All right, y'all. Uh, welcome back to Atlanta, where we have been here for the 8th Annual uh, Hope uh, Global Forum. It's been fantastic, uh, but we've still been covering the news happening all across the globe. We've been looking at what's happening in Oklahoma, where Julian Jones is facing an execution date. Even though he has a clemency hearing, now he wants a federal judge uh, to put a halt to that. Tiffany Lofton has been joining activists in Oklahoma for quite some time. Uh, she's been on the ground there, uh, uh, raising awareness, fighting on behalf uh, to get him freed. You remember uh, the Pardon and Paroles Board recommended that his uh, sentence be commuted 
The governor, though, didn't want to act, saying, well, no, let's have a clemency hearing. But they still set an execution date. Tiffany Jones is right now from Washington, D.C. Uh, Tiffany, uh, what was it like being down there? And uh, what exactly is the status of this case right now? Hey, Uncle Roland. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I miss you. I hope you're well. You look great. Um, so I've been in um, uh, Oklahoma now for about a month and a half, uh, working with the family, both the sister Antoinette Jones and the mother, Miss Mandolin Jones and her brother. Uh, all of the family is, is, they are black folks. So the first thing is they are deep in prayer. They are um, extremely hopeful and they are fighting to make sure that this innocent black man comes off of death watch. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, the case that's happening right now on the ground is there's a lot of coalition work. There are a lot of individual organizers who have been fighting both the governor and the district attorney and the attorney general in this moment. Because, uh, like you said, the, on September 13th, the pardon and parole board granted him a stay with the possibility of parole. They recommend now the pardon and parole board does not have the power to make the decision. They can only make a recommendation to the governor. And to be clear, I've been telling all of my people, this is why elections matter, because the governor has appointed the pardon and parole board and those pardon and parole board members don't make the decision. They can only have the power to make the recommendation to the governor. So as you said, Roland, the governor went back and said, I don't really. And, and, and let me be clear on why this happened. The district attorney represents the Howell family. The How Paul Howell is the gentleman who was killed back in 1999. He was not killed by Julius Jones. His killer and shooter has already come out and said that he was the one that did it and that Julius is innocent. Um, but like I said, uh, the, the David Prater, who is the district attorney, represents that family. And so because he would not want Julius to come off of death row, right, because he fought 20 years ago to make sure that Julius was the person that was held guilty and accountable for this case, uh, he went and filed two things. One, he went and filed a uh, recusal for two of the members on the pardon and parole board that voted yes to keep Julius alive. Now, that's a problem because there are only five pardon and parole board members. So if the district attorney says, I want two of them removed, that messes up the votes with the reality of what we're going to see again this upcoming Tuesday on October 28th. The second thing is the attorney general, O'Connor, he also filed that same petition to the Supreme Court saying that two of those members have a conflict of interest. I, I don't have this on record just yet, uh, but the rumor is that the reason why he filed that is because they are Christians and that, that their bias of being a Christian is going to get in the way of them making a sane decision for Julius. And so what we found out on Friday is that the Supreme Court denied the uh, district attorney's request to remove those two people. But we are still waiting to hear back from the Supreme Court whether or not they're going to also deny the attorney general's request. That is where we currently stand. That pardon and parole board is still planning on having a hearing on Tuesday. Thank you so much. Is still planning on having a hearing on Tuesday um, at 9 a.m. It is live, so if folks want to join us and watch, they are more than welcome. We're actually asking folks to join us in Oklahoma, uh, in Oklahoma City on Tuesday at 9 a.m. But if they can't, sorry, Roland, <laughs> but I know you want me to sit down and do this somewhere safe, but you know, I'll be moving because I'm working. It's all right. Um, you're fine. You're fine. If, you're fine. Okay, good. Look, look, so I had Cliff Albright riding a bicycle, so you fine. You did? <laughs> I love my brother Cliff. Okay, so let me make sure my face is in this and people don't know where I'm at because I got stalkers. Um, so what happens is this. So what happens is um, the pardon and parole board is meeting at 9 a.m. on this Tuesday. Okay, this Tuesday at 9 a.m., they will be meeting October 28th. 
This will be really important for folks to watch because it's actually Roland going to be Julius's first time testifying for himself. So what we know is that Julius's first round of legal support testified on camera. If you watch the Vice News video, he actually says that this, I can take this off now. This was his first time actually uh, handling a death row case and that he was not prepared. He wished he had more time. He didn't know which questions to ask. And Roland, the worst part is this, he never put his family on the stand. Julius was at home the night that Paul Howe was killed. And the best way to get that evidence and that information is to ask the people who were with Julius where he was at at the time that it happened. And so now at this hearing on Tuesday, Julius, who has been put on death watch as of last Thursday, is going to be able to testify and share his story for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, we're hoping that the five members will vote in the same direction that they were voting, pending the Supreme Court responding to the attorney general about their demand to recuse two of the members. Uh, and I will be there in Oklahoma. I will be there outside with hundreds of community members, hundreds of civil rights leaders, hundreds of leaders, and of course, the family to make sure that this goes in the direction it's supposed to go. We don't just want Julius to not be executed. He is innocent. So we want Julius to be able to come home. All right. Well, Tiffany, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you uh, for being there and giving us an update uh, on the Julius Jones case. Yeah, go ahead. I want folks, if folks are looking to take action and they can't make it to Oklahoma, I need them to go to freejuliusjones.com. Again, that is freejuliusjones.com. You can help us in two ways. You can sign up to be a volunteer for us from a distance. And you can also call the governor and the district attorney and the attorney general and help us win this case and bring Julius home in time to celebrate uh, the holidays with his family. Thank you so much, Roland. I love you and I miss you. All right. Appreciate it, Tiffany. Love you as well. We'll see you soon. All right, Alrighty, folks. Uh, Got to go to break. We come back. All right, take care. When we come back, we'll hear from uh, Kasim Reed, who wants to uh, get his old office back as the mayor of Atlanta. Why is Atlanta president of the NAACP blasting him? We'll explain next right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live on the Black Star Network. Download the app, all phones, Android, Apple, Roku, um, Samsung, Xbox, you name it. You can download the app right now. Uh, we're close to 20,000 downloads. We want 50,000 downloads by December 31st. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your frat brothers, sorority sisters, links, masons, everybody. Y'all, ain't nobody else in black-owned media doing what we are doing here. Let's do this thing, and let's show folk how it's supposed to be done. Back in a moment. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Once upon a time, there lived a princess with really long hair who was waiting for a prince to come save her. But really, who has time for that? Let's go. Feel myself. 
She ordered herself a ladder with Prime one day delivery, and she was out of there. Now, her hairdressing empire is killing it. And the prince, well, who cares? Prime changes everything. This is Judge Math. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, uh, we're here in Atlanta, uh, where there's a mayoral race. 14 candidates are running after uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announced she was not running for re-election. One of the folks is the former mayor of Kasim Reed. Now, yesterday, man, uh, you, you see the headline in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It says, the jolt Atlanta NAACP pins rare repudiation of former mayor Read. Uh, it was a letter that was signed by President Richard Rose. He blasted. Uh, he had a laundry list of complaints against uh, Kasim Reed, uh, saying that he did not help low-income housing, uh, focused more on the Mercedes-Benz Stadium development, didn't fight for HBCUs, and didn't remove Confederate monuments. Well, uh, today, uh, Kasim Reed stopped by uh, our operations here uh, in Atlanta, sat down with me, and talked about uh, the criticism and why he decided, uh, after serving eight years as mayor, to try to get his old job back. All right. Okay, I can call you Mayor Reed or Kasim yeah. or future me. You were, you were the former mayor. You call me FF, future. I, 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 I call you Kappa. I call yeah. <laughs> all those titles. Guy asked you, you were mayor eight years. Why? Why run again? City's about to be broken apart. I mean, you've been in Atlanta for a little while. You've got 20,000 people, 20% uh, of the city in the community called Buckhead, that if a referendum were held today, 80% of them would vote to leave. Um, that referendum will take place probably 10 months after the mayoral election. And the bottom line, Roland, is it's being driven by a 62% rise in crime and violence and 157 murders. And when I was mayor of the city, it was the safest city that it has ever been. It been in 40 years, to be accurate. And so I had no intention of running for mayor, wasn't making any plans to run at all. Uh, when Mayor Bottoms made the decision not to seek re-election, um, folks literally called me overwhelmingly and said, you know, should, would I consider it? And then I had an incident involving uh, my daughter when she was being dropped by her grandmother. Car was robbed within five minutes of them getting out of it. Um, police were slow to come because the, the force is down to less than 1,400 officers. Where my mom lives in Midtown Colony Square, place that she goes called Chick-fil-A, where she goes for her number one in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they had a shootout. And so I kept seeing things that, when I was married, um, simply didn't happen. If you try to go to Lenox Mall right now, you'll have to walk through a metal detector. You'll see gun-sniffing dogs in Lenox. You're familiar enough to, with Atlanta to know that's the equivalent of Pentagon City in D.C. Uh, it is a crystal city. It's the premium uh, place. Um, right now, if you go to a gas station in Atlanta, everybody's head is on a swivel. Certainly women in the city of Atlanta. And so that's why I'm running, because if we don't turn around crime and violence in a way that's consistent with who we are, right, not being some strong-armed person, but bringing normalcy and civility back to our town, Atlanta is going to break into two parts that are both weaker 
And we're not talking about in a couple of years. We're talking about in 10 months. And right now, we need a steady, tested hand to come in and reduce crime in a way that's consistent with who we are. I think I'm that person. And so far, in every public poll in this election that's not affiliated with a campaign, I've been in first place for the entire time. The, the, we look at around the country. You have Republicans in, who are battling Democrats in D.C. They say, oh, uh, it's defund the police. It's the policies of Democrats. You talk to mayors. They give various reasons uh, why these things are happening. you got people who are saying, last thing we need, to your point, is somebody coming in with the uh, lock them up, throw away the key mentality. Why do you think um, the, the crime issue has escalated in Atlanta like we're seeing also in some other cities as well. Yeah, but, but Atlanta's number one in the increase. So we're not just some other city. We're not Houston, which is up 24, 26. We're not L.A., which is up 28, 29. We're up 62. That's closer to 100 than it is to zero. Mm -hmm. And so the police force has shrunk below 1,400 officers. And the population increased by 71,400 people. And the amount of crime has increased, the number of rests has plummeted. And so there's been a fracture in the relationship between the leadership of the city and the police department. And as a result, real violence is occurring and people are getting killed. I mean, I'm not going to take your viewers through the series of horribles that have occurred, but it's not just regular crime, Roland. It's crime that's extraordinary and unusual people walking around with machine guns and backpacks kind of crime. A woman running by Piedmont Park, being dragged into the park, having her intestines removed and having her dog's head cut off. So this isn't any regular kind of crime. And as a result, Atlanta's leadership position in the United States as a unique city in America, really the cradle of black leadership uninterrupted for 50 years, is being put at risk. Atlanta used to be the place where everybody came and everybody felt terrific Often about Often called the Black Mecca. Yes. But now when you say, I'm going to Atlanta, folks, check on your safety. Bring up issues related to crime and violence. That's only happened in the last 20 months. So how do you also balance um, the, the view of folks, the need for police reform? Uh, you have police departments that you have police unions that feel as if don't criticize us, don't hold us accountable. How dare you check us? You had the situation where the officers who snatched the two students uh, out of the car uh, when the, when when they moved on the, and fired the, mm -hmm. fired them, folks were like, oh, that, that that was too severe. But then there were others who would say, no, what they did was wrong. So so how do you also, if if you are reelected? Um, how do you balance that where the public says cops have to be held accountable for their actions, but then you still have the issue of community safety? That's a fair question. I think you do your job. Um, we disbanded Red Dog, which was a very aggressive policing unit. We decriminalized marijuana. We demanded body cams. We insisted if a police officer is involved in the shooting that a third party investigated. We did all of that before George Floyd was murdered. So the way that you do it is to do it. Your relationship should be with your police chief. And, Roland, all people are really asking for, at least in Atlanta, I won't speak to other cities, they want due process. Uh, all of us know that if something happens to us in terms of our livelihood, 
we want to be assured that there'll be a process even if mm -hmm. that process ends with you having to exit. But it shouldn't be instant. And so what police officers, at least the ones that I've encountered, they understand that, that we need de-escalation training. They understand that they need sensitivity training. They understand that they need to be more aware of mental health issues. And what they want to be is they want to be trained, trained, and trained again. And I think we do our job. But I tell you what, a 62% increase in crime is causing 30% of the gross revenue of the city to want to leave. You're a successful businessman. If anything impacted your business 30% of the gross, it would be a top priority to yeah. deal with. That's where we are right now. Violence is so bad in our city, and it's not just in Buckhead. It's everywhere. And when I was mayor, uh, we made the city the safest city it had been in 40 years, and we did it in a way that was not inconsistent with our values. And that's why I'm running. You, the head of the Atlanta NAACP, recently yes. launched a letter yeah. uh, scoring you, blasting you for your leadership. Yes. Um, and that's actually very uncommon um, for the NAACP uh, to do that. First of all, have you communicated with local, with state, with national? Your thoughts on this, uh, this uh, attack on you and your yeah. uh, previous eight years as mayor? My thoughts are that it comes with the territory when you're 14 days out from the election, and that gentleman is a campaign contributor to one of my opponents. And I think that he should have shared with that, shared that when he made the letter. But really, the substance of the letter is just easily demonstrably false with Google. I mean, once he, on one hand, he says, uh, I didn't build any affordable housing in eight years. Give me a break. We increased the amount of people who had access to affordable housing by 25%. But I took over in the midst of the Great Recession during the mortgage foreclosure crisis when thousands of homes were being foreclosed on. So that's just patently false. He said that I didn't support Morris Brown. My administration saved Morris Brown. We were the ones that when Morris Brown was in bankruptcy, purchased the assets for $10.1 so that Morris Brown would have cash to gain their accreditation back and to continue to operate. And so on issue after issue in the letter, they're just flat-out falsehoods, which is what I find most unfortunate. What we are doing is we had a very good conversation at 7 a.m. this morning with the national leadership of the NAACP, and I think that they're going to respond uh, in a pretty de decisive manner because the issues that they raised are just patently false and inconsistent with my record. And so this will happen. I don't think it overcomes people like Ambassador Young, um, who is a civil rights icon in America, or Maynard Jackson III supporting me, or Bernice King supporting me, or the Atlanta Police Union, or, or the firefighters, or the workers uh, asking me in City Hall. I mean, the number of folks who've endorsed my candidacy are overwhelming. And so I think that this just comes with the last 14 days of a tough campaign. Last but I do yeah. appreciate the opportunity to sit with you uh, and address it forthrightly, because it's just nonsense. Uh, last question. Um, crime is one issue. Yes. Economic development is another issue. But what do you say to the people, and I've heard this for years when I come here, sure. that middle class, upper class black folks have benefited, yeah. others have not. Yeah. How do you speak to that group to say, how do we 
raise, uh, how do we deal with wealth inequality, how do we raise wages, how do we provide uh, a, a step up the economic ladder for the folks who uh, are not uh, college graduates, for the folks who are not, uh, as they claim, uh, the so-called black yeah. elite? I think that, that we grow. You and I have been in the public space since we were very young. When I got elected mayor, I was 40 years old. So really, I was metrics-driven. I wanted to reduce unemployment, grow construction, have a big economy, do complex transactions that I thought moved the city forward. But I'm 52 today. And so I view this opportunity far differently. It's going to be much more people-centric, much more human-centric. We're going to deal with crime and violence. That has to be done because I don't want the city to break apart because that will crush the budget of the Atlanta public schools. Can you system. keep Buckhead from splitting apart? I'm highly confident that we'll turn around crime and keep the city as one city. So that's my priority. But after that, we're going to focus on young people the way that you all do in Washington, D.C. Every teenager between 13 and 18 years old is going to have a job six weeks a summer, making $15 an hour. We already raised the minimum wage in municipal government to $15 an hour. We're going to implement baby bonds in the city of Atlanta. So when a child is born in the city, we're going to set aside a pot of money. And when they turn 18, we're going to deliver that to, him, to them. We're also going to launch an initiative around a guaranteed income benefit. I don't know if the size will be for 250 families, 550 families, 500 families, or 750 families, but we're going to that space in a dynamic way. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be people-centric, we're going to deal with crime and violence, but we're going to move away from the big projects and shiny things that we did, like building a $1.7 billion stadium or renovating State Farm Arena or the Pont City Market Development or over by the Atlanta Braves Stadium. And we're really just going to focus on building affordable housing that's high quality, using the land that the city owns outright to build it, make it less expensive, and arrange financing for working people to get out of merely having Section 8 vouchers, to convert Section 8 vouchers to acquisition of the asset. And we're going to create some real wealth. All right. Well, we'll be uh, talking to some other folks who are running as well, 14 days right. out. Uh, you get you back to the campaign trail, but we appreciate taking time. Oh, man, I appreciate you. And uh, congratulations on all the winning that you're doing. Never doubted it and have been rooting for you the whole time. I appreciate it. Black excellence represented. Appreciate it. All right, folks, uh, that was uh, Kasim Reed. And so uh, there's some other candidates who are running for office. They've reached out to us. We'll be having them on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered in their very near future. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. Uh, our Black and Missing for today and more on today's show on the Black Star Network.
Tina's saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. I'm Bill Duke. This is Diala Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin, unfiltered. Stay woke. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Folks, 13 year old Terry Washington was last seen. Uh, on Saturday, October 16th, in Las Vegas, Nevada. The 5-foot-8-inch, 100-pound teen was last seen wearing red pants and a T-shirt. Terry has brown eyes and brown braided hair. She has two deep dimples and a nose ring. Anyone with information regarding Terry Washington should call the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, 702-828-3111, 702-828-3111. 
Former Minneapolis police officer Mohamed Noor is being, being resentenced for the killing of a white woman who called 911. Uh, of course, uh, the Minnesota Supreme Court overturned Noor's third-degree murder conviction of Justine Rustic Damon last month. Noor will now serve 57 months in prison for second-degree manslaughter and could be paroled by the end of this year. He will receive credit for the time he's already served. Folks, an update on the trial of the man accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery here in Georgia. And uh, that it was day four of jury selection, of the, again, of those three white men accused of killing him. Fifteen potential jurors are advancing to the larger group of possible jurors who face more pointed questions. Defendants Gregory, uh, uh, defendants uh, Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and William Bryan Jr. charged with murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. The trio chased and killed Aubrey on February 23rd, 2020, while he was jogging in a South Georgia neighborhood. And so we're going to continue to, again, uh, follow these stories. Folks, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom says a Utah laboratory is going to examine DNA evidence from the Atlanta child murders during the 1970s and the 1980s. Bottoms tweeted city investigators were traveling to Salt Lake City to provide the evidence to a private lab. At least 29 black children and young adults were killed in the city between 1979 and 1981. Wayne Williams has long been considered the main suspect, but he has never been charged with the children's death. Convicted in 1982 for killing two adults, William is serving two life sentences. Uh, this is really a big deal, uh, Reese, because, uh, again, he wasn't convicted for the deaths of those 29 kids. Now, folks here in Atlanta said, well, the killing stopped after he was arrested, but that doesn't mean that he was actually the one behind it. Right. Well, I think it's important that she's, you know, using the technology that we have available to take another look at the evidence. I mean, you guys m probably recently heard about the Zodiac Killer being discovered. Let's put some of that energy into discovering the people who are behind this, these murders as well. Um, their lives mattered. And I mean, there's been a lot of attention to it, but there needs to be attention to it in terms of criminal prosecution and putting the resources behind solving what really happened. Potentially, um, Mr. Williams will be exonerated and they'll find the real culprit, or he will, in fact, be proven to be the person who's behind it. And then we can get some small measure of justice for the victims' families. Uh, Faraji, and that's what the point, what the families have long said is we haven't gotten closure because it hasn't been stated that he was indeed the actual one who killed our children. And, and that's the sad part about this, Brother Roland. Um, the fact is, if, you, if there's a great documentary that HBO put out about this whole Atlanta child murders, it's called Missing and Murdered, The Lost Children. They put it out just maybe about two years ago about this case. Um, and, and when you go into, when you look at the documentary, there are still big questions about whether Wayne Williams not only did it, but did he have the capacity to do it? I mean, 28 children and, and youth and a, and a couple of adults within that number that was, um, that has been killed. But this, they were killed in a part of Atlanta. And this is, this is the really the, 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 the kind of crazy um, part about this whole, this whole story. They were killed at a time when Atlanta, the black modern-day Atlanta, was thriving. And these murders happened under the jurisdiction, under the, uh, the administration of the iconic Atlanta mayor, Mayor Maynard Jackson. And so, you know, when you look at this documentary and when you start to research this case, you really start to see that this was a major stain, I think, on the legacy of Maynard Jackson and the city officials at that time 
when you had all of these black children that were murdered. Wayne Williams, they, they tried to get him on two cases, two of the murders, but there were, I mean, a number of people that say he didn't do it. He did not do this. And so I think this is a very cautionary tale about, you know, how we can get so caught up in innovation, we can get so caught up in, in thinking that things are moving forward and progress is being made. But in, in low-income, poor neighborhoods, in a lot of our major cities, things are happening and we just don't know. The other part about this case was that when Maynard Jackson was the mayor, I mean, the police chief at that time was just, because of the pressure coming from, uh, from Maynard Jackson and many other city officials, the police chief just decided, hey, Wayne Williams looks like the best one in this case. But again, people are saying he didn't do it. He, he didn't have the capacity to do it. He wasn't smart enough to pull off something of this magnitude. So there are still a lot of questions. I'm glad that Mayor Keisha Bottoms is reopening this case by looking at the DNA. But I would highly suggest that people, especially folks in Atlanta, take a look at this situation because this could happen in other cities. And if we're not, um, if we're not at least uh, uh, open and, and taking a look at what's going on to poor black children in low-income communities, We'll, we'll lose sight and, and, and lose our humanity in the same process. This is a very, very tragic case about the lost and, and these missing and murdered children. Bottom line here, Greg, uh, is you, you want to give some closure. Uh, a lot of people uh, who were alive then, I mean, let me tell you something. What happened here in Atlanta scared the hell out of black parents all across the country. Right. Mm -hmm. It did, Roland. I, I'll never forget. I was a sophomore, Hillsborough High School, and our civics teacher, Jeannie Scott, who's now retired, and ironically, her granddaughter is uh, now at Howard University, sophomore at Howard. Miss Scott wore the ribbon. We were in Nashville. And those those children, you know, somebody, I'll never forget, a white teacher asked her, why are y'all wearing those ribbons? And I heard one of my classmates say, I didn't hear what Miss Scott said to her, but I heard one of our classmates say to another of my classmates, she's concerned about her children. And she was talking about us. Yeah, we all remember that. Um, and Faraj, I'm glad you brought up that HBO special because one of the major themes in that multi-episode uh, special is class. And this really ties mm -hmm. to the, the interview you did with Kasim Reed. Atlanta was worried about its image because it was attracting the type of capital, the type of attention. Come on, that Doc. Is what it is. And uh, Buckhead's 80% white, y'all. And white folks want to leave Atlanta. They all went, all you rappers running out there to the jewelry stores in Buckhead and lacing yourself up just like modern day minstrels. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. The critique of Maynard Jackson was that you're more concerned with attracting capital to this city than you are to people whose votes you want, but who don't have two nickels to rub together. Right. That's the, that's the critique of Kasim Reed. Mm -hmm. And the Atlanta child murders pull back the, the almost impossible geometry of race and class in a city run by black people where the ugly specter of how we treat each other when it comes to grabbing the brass ring when is concerned. Those murders are, yep. haven't been... This isn't just about bringing closure. This is about confronting the fact that unless, as you say, Faraj, unless we all care about each other, none of us are going anywhere. I wouldn't want to be running for 
here of Atlanta, because those black people who are poor have been taking an ass whipping for decades. And this, this case is really as much about that as anything else. Uh, so we certainly will wait results of that. Folks, today the U.S. United States House issued uh, a subpoena uh, for Steve Bannon. He has refused to appear before the January 6th uh, uh, investigative committee. Republicans uh, have been uh, fighting on his behalf. The vote was 211 to 205. Nine Republicans voted with the Democrats to issue uh, that subpoena. Here's uh, Representative Demi Raskin, who just lit up Jim Jordan uh, this week, talking about this very issue, where he laid out why that thug, Steve Bannon, uh, cannot be allowed to flout United States Congress. Today, uh, Donald Trump said the insurrection took place on November 3rd. No, Mr. Trump, I'm sorry. That's what we call an election in America, an election that was validated by more than 60 federal and state courts, including before eight judges nominated to the bench by President Trump himself and all the way up to the United States Supreme Court, all of them rejecting every claim of electoral fraud and corruption that was advanced. We know an insurrection when we see one in this body because we lived through one. Under the banner of this continuing and deranged big lie, the Stop the Steal movement brought down a violent insurrection against this Congress and an attempted coup against Vice President Mike Pence. They interrupted the counting of electoral college votes for the first time in American history. They caused the worst attack on Congress since the War of 1812, and they injured and wounded more than 140 police officers, Capitol officers, Metropolitan Police Department officers and others, breaking their noses, breaking their necks, breaking their vertebrae, breaking their arms, breaking their legs, breaking their hearts and their spirits. We are investigating the attack on American democracy because we are Americans. We are investigating the attack on Congress by domestic enemies of our Constitution because we are sworn to do so by our oaths of office. But now the big lie has become a big cover-up. After being impeached twice by the House, after losing in 61 different courts, after seeing a 57 to 43 vote against him in the U.S. Senate in the most sweeping bipartisan Senate presidential conviction vote in American history, Trump now tries to get his followers like Steve Bannon not to testify here and not to turn over evidence that they have about this vicious assault on American democracy. In America, when you are subpoenaed to testify in court or in Congress, you show up, period. You can invoke your Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination to specific questions if you think you committed a crime. You can claim executive privilege to specific questions if you think you're President of the United States. But you cannot blow off a subpoena in America. You cannot sit on your couch and defy the people's representatives in Congress. So we must enforce the rule of law here, my colleagues. We must do it. If you act deliberately, with sneering, cavalier contempt for the American people and their representatives, we will hold you in contempt. We will get to the truth of the violent assault on America. I yield back. What we're dealing with here, uh, Reese, is real simple. Thugs willing to defend Donald Trump. And yes, this Congress and the DOJ must use every power they have to hold these thugs accountable. And they won't. <laughs>
wake me when he is convicted of contempt or he's in jail. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, Bannon and just like all Republicans know, they play chicken with uh, the justice system because they know that the justice system is set up for them to succeed. The law doesn't apply to them the same way that it applies to everybody else. And so he's putting his bets into the fact that uh, either A, Merrick Garland won't do a damn thing, or B, um, he could win in the courts with the 200 judges that President Trump, I don't like calling him president, but let's say former President Trump, has stacked the courts with it and might go all the way up to the Supreme Court, which he probably feels might be favorable to him. And so all he has to do is run off the clock on this and uh, just bank on the fact that Democrats will uh, move on to another topic and uh, drop it. And uh, he's probably pretty safe in betting that. I'm not saying that as a mark against the Democrats. I'm just saying, look at the history of the United States of America. None of these folks, these Republicans, these co-conspirators of Donald Trump are walking around shaking in their boots. None of them are. He's already been pardoned by Trump. He doesn't have another pardon coming his way. But he knows the way that the system works. Look at how long it took for Paul Manafort to uh, go through what he went through. Um, same thing with... Um, with uh, Roger Stone and the other band of thugs and criminals that got away with everything. And so um, he doesn't have any fear. Why should he? He's a white man, he's wealthy, and worst case scenario, he flees the country for a year. So I don't think that's gonna happen. That's an extreme situation. For, by, yeah, so he, he's right, not worried about it. Roger, and Democrats, I, and I'm not D Democrats, Roger, very simple Democrats, uh, don't want to be uh, as ruthless as the GOP, hold these folks accountable. They want to play footsie. Fine, you want to hold a hearing? No, I'm ser I'm serious. Throw all these punk asses in jail, every single one of them. I, I, I'm trying to figure out, Brother Roland, Reese and Dr. Carr, what's taking them so long? I mean, we, we've been talking about this, quote-unquote, assault on the seat of democracy for months now. And, I mean, yes, there have been a number of arrests that have been made, um, folks have been questioned, but I'm talking about getting to the nitty-gritty. The fact that former President Donald Trump even blocked, um, you know, the, 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 the House committee to, to look at the records of what happened on January 6th. I'm talking about his personal records, that he's suing them and in, in, in trying to, to stop them from doing that. That is an admission of guilt to me. Um, and, and, and it shows that if we don't bring the hammer— on this situation. This joker is going to run. He's already said it. He's planning to run in 2024. How 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 is that going to happen? How do you how do you do that? How do how do you get into a situation you you roll up your supporters, they climb and scale the walls of Congress in the in in the most in a uh, 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 well-armed place in America, quote unquote. And then you get off all of this stuff. Nobody can can hold you down. Nobody can you know charge you. Nobody can lock you up. And then you run for president again. Like like this has got to be a, an episode from Black Mirror or Twilight Zone. This is just unbelievable. And and the more and more that I hear people that the Democrats try to take this moral high ground, I'm telling you, the Democrats are going to lose in 2022, especially in, and in 2024 because that moral high ground is so blind to the fact that these guys are not playing for just positions. They're playing for keeps. They're, and as you always say, Brother Roland, they're playing, they're playing for power. And that's the end game. That's the end result. At whatever cost that it may come, that's all they want to get. They want to get back in power. 
Uh, Greg, what we're lo looking here is this took place on January 6th. It's October 21. Come on. And we're now just issuing a subpoena and holding Steve Bannon in contempt. Really? Ten months? Okay. <laughs> they don't want to believe it, Roland. They don't want to believe it. I mean, everybody watching this, and you're going to watch it later, there's nobody. Roland been making this point all along. There's nobody in the anywhere who are covering these issues the way that they are being covered. Let's just look at the last two hours. You see, there is no such thing as American democracy. I, I, I like Jamie Raskin in the sense that, you know, some people might say, well, he's a patriot, he's a true American. No, there's no such thing as a true America. Jamie Raskin is behaving like a human being, a rational human being. Just look at the last two hours of this show. You got Cliff Albright on a bicycle running from where John Brown tried to set off a rebellion to D.C. just to try to secure the right not to have a vote snatched away. You got Tiffany Lofton in Oklahoma trying to stop somebody from being executed by a governor and a bunch of white nationalists who are accusing two people who voted for him not to be executed of the crime of being Christians, you've got a, a guy running back again for the mayor of Atlanta who gave away $12 million and more in tax breaks to build a spaceship in the shadow of Atlanta University Center, all in the hopes of keeping white people in the city who got money to keep the city together. And here we have the rule of law. And Risa, you nailed it. The law does not apply. But I would put the period there. Because see what they, what is it being what is on trial right now is not just two sets of perspectives on the law, it is the concept of the law itself. See, mm. once people understand that there are no rules, as Faraji said, that this is about power. The minute mm -hmm. people turn away from the idea of rule of law, this is what's got John Roberts scared shitless. The monster he unleashed in 2010 with Citizens United is now too big for him to contain. And he has watched three illegitimate Supreme Court justices uh, appointed and realizes now, did I do that? Yes, it's over. Jamie Raskin is articulating common sense for anybody who would like to live in a society that has rules. But on the other side stand those who say there are no rules and we're going to show you. Now, what they haven't counted on is once you've broken it, in the words of General Powell, you bought it. Mm. We're on the precipice now, y'all. Mm. Yep. the fall of America. All right, folks, hold tight one second. Real quick, real quick break. We come back. Crazy as white people. Boy, wait till y'all see this one. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Back in a moment. Oh. That spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Betty is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now, she's free to become Bear Hug Betty. Settle in, kids. You'll be there a while. Ooh, where you going? Hey, yo, peace, world. What's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon. Hey, I'm Cupid, the mega of the Cupid Shuffle and the Wham Dance. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. And if you're ready, 
You are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Y'all, it's a little hard for me to explain what you're about to see. This actually took place. Uh, in a classroom, um, this was a teacher. I, you know what? I'm just not even just going even to j- just play the video. And I get all of my feathers. Oh, 
Y'all, this was not a history class. This was a math class in California where she was trying to teach her students a trigonometry formula. Her name is Candace Reed. She's been placed on administrative leave um, after putting on this display in front of her students for nearly an hour. The Riverside Unified School District released this statement on the incident. A recording of one of our teachers has been widely circulated on social media. These behaviors are completely unacceptable and an offensive depiction of the vast and expansive Native American cultures and practices. Her actions do not represent the values of our district. The teacher has been placed on leave while the district conducts an investigation. The Riverside Unified School District values diversity, equity, and inclusion. It does not condone behavior against these values. We are deeply committed to implementing inclusive practices and policies that honor the rich diversity of our district and the greater region. We will be working with our students, families, staff, and community to regain your trust. Uh, Any, any one of y'all will just go ahead and. Uh, well, I have to ask. Um, is it crack? <laughs> <laughs> that's my. Only, that's the only question I can ask. I can only just ask: Is it crack? Lord have mercy. Now that's that Cali Kush right there, Reese. That was that. That was so. Oh. <laughs> don't do that. Because I went to school in California and I got an egg and trigonometry <laughs> and calculus and geometry. And wasn't nobody doing that. I don't know if she went to the Elizabeth Warren tribe of, of teaching math or what, but that ain't no California thing. I don't know what she was on. I, I, like I have to say, is it crack? That's the only explanation I have. I mean, Farage, crack math feels what? Something. <laughs> I'm trying to understand how does that apply to trigonometry and y'all she did it for an hour. An hour? That's that's yeah. what that's that's the part. That's the part. She did it for an hour. Like yeah. read the room, lady. Your students were embarrassed for you. And right. whoever took the video. Whoever took the video, like, 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 what? I mean, for an hour? How long is class? Mm, mm, mm. How long is class? I thought classes, Dr. Carr, I have, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, please, you, you, you're an educator. How long is no. the average class in, in high schools these days? That's a good question. Well, if in the modified block, it could be 90 minutes. In modified block, Damn. it could be a half. Yeah, yeah. That, that was something they introduced. When I worked for the school of Philadelphia, it's around in the late '90s to try to enhance. But it's but it's but it's a math class, right? And that 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 uh, at least from the reports, and you help me because you got an A in, in trig, uh, Reese. So you probably this whole notion of is it Sokatoa? is some kind of mnemonic device? Yeah, for sine, cosine, tangent. I didn't need all that to learn trigonometry. I don't know what she was doing. Sokatoa, I don't remember all that. I remember, uh, please ask, please, what is it? Pim does please ask my dear Aunt Sally. That's what I remember. It wasn't no feathers and chanting and, and dancing around going on with all that. 
Okay. Well, no, the reason I asked. I, I, because... Look, let me tell you something. No, Greg, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say was California is is a is a multinational state anyway. And you know, remember Ice Cube and uh, No Vaseline when he was roasting Dre and them and NWA. He's a yelling Compton, but you moved to Riverside. Riverside is like five percent yep. black. You understand? Yeah. And so, and you got a you got a high school of a couple of thousand students. She had her mask on. So, what worse might be that she might be in the category of the liberal whites. In other words, she's so mm. uh, right. out of touch that she can't even get why she did what she did was wrong. Because it ain't like it's a whole bunch of black people out there. Mm. I, I don't. But, I but in even, all serious I, though, I, like I just. No, no, that, that, that's literally though. Go like, ahead, go ahead, Reese. That's literally white violence. Like it's so no, uh, completely um, appalling. Um, you know, if there was a Native American student in in the classroom to turn it into just make a complete it was of it. it was. Oh, okay, yeah, because I, I, I thought it I was. read that that a Native American student was like really like okay at this point this is like violence against me and my identity the way that she is making a complete mockery of it. So although I joked and said, is it crap? Yeah, I, this is literally what happens and the way that our different, um, uh, you know, uh, beings are diminished in a way for entertainment value as a shtick, you know, right. as minstrelsy. It, it's, it's so ridiculous and offensive and it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary right. because you don't need to do all that uh, to, uh, to get people uh, to remember trigonometry. That's, mm. that's, well, come to you right now. I still don't know what the hell they were talking about trigonometry, and I can guarantee you, if a, <laughs> if I had a teacher did that, I wouldn't have learned a damn thing. And I just look because I look, I told them I said, first of all, I couldn't stand trigon, I couldn't stand trigonometry, geometry, or algebra, and I told all my teachers, I says, look, I ain't gonna use none of this. I said, so I just want to let y'all know. Uh, so I said, I don't know what the hell Pythagorean theorem gonna do. Um, I said, all I do know is I know how to count money and I can make money. So I'm just letting y'all, I said, I'm just letting y'all know, uh, I did. Y'all think I'm lying. Y'all look, man, when I was in, hey, 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 you understand. I communicated my way to a passing grade in algebra in college because I ain't know what the hell they were talking about. So I just did it. It, it didn't register at all with me. Because, look, college wasn't nothing about getting a sheet of paper any damn way, okay? So I know, you know, when I when I was at, when I was spoke at Stanford, that, that a professor got mad at me, and they were like, oh, no, it's about the experience. I was like, damn that. I said I was at college to get a sheet of paper. Now, you know, and look, I got great respect for professors, and the work that they do. But I wasn't trying to sit here and go through all it's see, she would have got straight cussed out if I was sitting in that class. I'm just she would have <laughs> got cussed out. But it just did she would have got I'm just letting y'all know, uh hashtag team whipped that ass would have showed up to school that day. Uh and then that would have been a problem. Um, but that would have been a problem. Cause I'm just, you know, and I'm telling, cause see see, I don't know about y'all. See, see, y'all probably see 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 Greg. What was your grade point average in college? You probably had about a 3.99. Yeah, but I had a 2.5 come out of high school. I didn't get serious about it. Till I, if it hadn't been for open admissions, I wouldn't be sitting here, brother. See? <laughs> wow. 
See, wow. we flipped mine. I had a, we flipped mine. We flipped mine. I, I, I had a three point two coming out of high, coming out of high school. Uh, left college with two point because I wasn't trying to go. No, but here's why. Here's why. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to spend. I was not trying to expend an additional amount of energy uh, on the classes in college. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna leave y'all with this one. I'm gonna leave y'all with this one. I'm not lying. It's a hundred percent true story. Uh, I was in, it was an English class and they had all these damn, you know, reading a hundred pages. It was a Tuesday, Thursday class, which I think was like 8.15 and 9.45. And I would routinely get to that class about 20, 30 minutes late. Uh, and so we, we took a test. And so the professor, he, he said, I need to speak to you after the class. And so, uh, he then proceeded to, to rail against me, telling me he didn't appreciate me coming to class late. He didn't like the fact I didn't apply myself to the assignments. And I said, and I said, man, are you done? Uh, and he said, yeah. I said, man, let me be clear. I don't give a damn about this class. I said, I want to let you know right now. I said, I need you to understand, man. I said, I had job offers when I was a freshman in high school, a freshman in college. I said, I went to a communications high school. This is what I, I'm going to do. I said, so the reading assignments you have, I can do this stuff when I graduate from college, okay? I said, man, I'm here to get me a sheet of paper. I said, a straight sheet of paper, okay? I said, ain't nobody going to ask me about no damn transcript, about no grades, no nothing when I get out of here. I said, so let me be clear with you. I don't need no A. I don't need no B. I don't need no C. Hell, all, all I need is a D. I said, if I got a choice between <laughs> your class and then working at the newspaper and refining my craft, I'm going to skip your 100 pages and work at the newspaper. Man, he was so hot as hell with me. Yeah, I made a D in that class, saw him the next semester, gave him the head knob. And you know what? His ass is probably looking at me right now, and I just want his ass to know. Uh, all them stories you wanted me to read, I done read other books beyond that. And guess what? I'm in the NABJ Hall of Fame, the Texas A&M Journalism Ring of Honor. Got four NAACP Image Awards. Got more than 40 other professional awards. And I said, and you know what? Uh, on my way to become a millionaire. So guess what? I need to read them damn stories. So it sounds like I made a good decision. <laughs> well, can I say, apparently I'm the only math person here. Uh, so I'll speak you for the math go ahead. No, 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 no. No, you ain't the only math person. We know how to count money. That's mad. Y'all know how to count money. Y'all know how to count money. I stand corrected. But, I'm but you go saying. ahead and talk about all them useless. You go ahead and talk about all them useless ass formulas we don't use. Wow. Okay. A lot of the formulas are useless. Okay. Be clear about that. But I will say I got straight A's in all my math classes. I got an A in calculus and calculus one and calculus two at UCLA. I have a degree in business economics, a minor in accounting, and an MBA in finance. So as a math person, in addition to money-making math person, you don't need to do a damn fake Native American chant to get your point across, and especially not for no hour. That's called having a mental breakdown in class, not teaching. Okay? Yeah, no question. She didn't have, well, she didn't have a lesson plan for that whole that that's that's a whole bunch of extra ass degrees. I mean, I ain't gone ahead. I'm just look. I, <laughs> one is fine. We ain't trying to go back and get all them extra papers because I I got shit to do. All right, y'all. Uh, uh, it's been real. Uh, <laughs> 
My love, my, my wife, she's a professional student. She told me she was going. I said, don't you have like four or five of them things already? I, 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 that's just too much extra paperwork. I'm good. I'm good. I got, I got, I got, I got stuff to do. All right. Uh, Greg Reese, Faraji, I appreciate it. Y'all don't want to miss tomorrow's show. Unbelievable show. You're going to hear from John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope, talking about this week with the Hope Global, Hope, what he wants to achieve with the Hope Global Forum also. We're going to hear from Ambassador Andrew Young, y'all. A fantastic interview. He is 89 years young. He is feisty as ever. Uh, he used the N-word a few times in our interview. You know I almost said in the doc. I don't allow that, but he is Andrew Young. But y'all got to hear what he had to say. Uh, he also, uh, I asked him about Kevin Powell, uh, who, uh, what about Alpha Brothers, Greg, who did, did a P, did an interview where he felt that Colin Powell was not uh, in touch with the black community. Andrew Young answered uh, with a two-word answer. Uh, so y'all do not want to miss that. Also, the sister, who is the city treasurer of Chicago, I talked to her about the power that she is using to make sure these private equity folks are hiring black folks and they're spending money with black firms. Y'all don't want to miss that conversation. Plus, the founder of The Gathering Spot talks about what they've done here in Atlanta, D.C., how they're going to be expanding all across the country. You'll also see the panel that I did here at Global Hope Forum talking about the C-suite executive and the new CEO of Edelman as a sister. She had a very candid conversation with John Hope Bryant. I was supposed to do the interview with her. I was late on the interview. John took over it. But y'all don't want to miss all of that. Plus, the interview that I did 10 years ago with Colin Powell on TV One, uh, you don't want to miss that as well. So, folks, it's going to be a fantastic show tomorrow. I hope you enjoy it. And, and Greg talked about what you saw here. And I need everybody who's watching me to understand, all of y'all who are on YouTube right now, on the Black Star Network, what you saw on today's show is why we created this. Ain't nobody else in black-owned media, and I dare say mainstream, doing what we're doing, what you saw today. You had Cliff Albright on that bike, Tiffany Lofton in the back of that Uber talking about Oklahoma. You had uh, Lewis and Lacey talking about the uh, race-norming lawsuit. You had Scott Bolden talking about uh, Marilyn Mosby. You had Kasim Reed as well. Folk. This is why we have created this platform to give you the kind of content that you care about that nobody else is going to cover. There's a story that came out today in Ad Age that said black people are cutting linear television and they're watching more streaming. And that's because they want black relevant content. That's what we're giving, giving you. And I cannot wait. Uh, I have uh, what we are working on right now, the shows that we are working on. I just want you to know that there are 10 other shows listen to me clearly there are 10 other shows that we are working on that we're going to be launching between now and the end of 2022 on the black star network that's going to blow you away that's why your support that's why your support is so vital that's why we have been so aggressive in going after the advertising that's why i appreciate when you see these ads running from buick and nissan and amazon we'll soon be starting with verizon because we are giving folks the content that you're not even seeing on some of these black targeted networks out here as well so please we want you to download the app we want to hit 50,000 downloads by December 31st of the Black Star Network app. 
It's on all available platforms, so please support us. And you also, of course, uh, can support us with our Bring the Funk fan club because your resources allow us to do what we do. And that's Cash App, Dollar Sign, RM Unfiltered. Uh, PayPal is Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingismartin.com. So I want to thank uh, all of you for watching. Our crew back there in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's been a crazy busy week here. Uh, and so uh, Henry is over here uh, doing what he do. Anthony's here as well, Anton as well. So uh, we've been uh, having a great time here, giving you some great content. You don't want to miss tomorrow's show uh, because we were the only black-owned media outlet on the scene covering this critically important form. That's why, folks, we do what we do. We keep it real. We keep it unfiltered. We keep it black. And we're unapologetic in doing so. I'll see y'all tomorrow. to be smart. Roland Martin's doing this every day. Oh, no punches! Thank you, Roland Martin, for always giving voice to the issues. Look for Roland Martin in the whirlwind, to quote Marcus Garvey again. The video looks phenomenal, so I'm really excited to see it on my big screen. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. I got to defer to the brilliance of Dr. Carr and to the brilliance of the Black Star Network. I am rolling with rolling all the way. Honored to be on a show that you own, a Black man. <laughs> Owns the show. Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Rolling was amazing on that. Stay black. I love y'all. I can't commend you enough about this platform that you've created for us to be able to share who we are, what we're doing in the world, and the impact that we're having. Let's be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You can't be black on media and be scared. You dig?
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.